what up? This is your boy David Lucas. Thank y'all for checking in to another episode of Fake News. Hey, man, I appreciate all of y'all. By the time this video comes out, I'll probably uh, be at 100,000 subscribers. I just want to thank each and every one of y'all. The next milestone is a million. Uh, keep sharing my stuff. Keep liking it. Keep commenting. If you hate it, hate it. If you like it, like it. Uh, I enjoy both people that hate my content and people that love my content because at the end of the day, you watched it. That's all I care about. You watched it. You hate me so much that you watched the whole video and left the mean comment. <laughs> But anyway, man, uh, yeah, great week. Um, I was at um, Magoobies this past weekend. I was at Magoobies. Uh, Magoobies is dope. It's uh, right outside of Baltimore uh, in the city of Timonium. Thank you for everyone that came out to that. We had a large crowd on a Wednesday. And uh, a lot of people don't know, as you're becoming a headlining comedian, you don't directly just right away get weekends. You have to do these one-nighters. The club needs to see if you can sell. And then, you know, you put a hundred something asses in the seats on a Wednesday. They're like, oh, let's get this guy a weekend. Like, obviously, he can sell. <clears throat> so now I'll be looking at um, a weekend for Magoobies uh, next year. They'll be uh, booking me soon. And also, uh, I did uh, Richmond. Uh, so in between my shows, <clears throat> so I did uh, Magoobies Wednesday night. And then Thursday, Friday, Saturday, I was in... Was it Williamsburg? Williamsburg, near like the original settling place of America, wasn't too far from Jamestown, where Pocahontas and John Smith did their duties. And uh, Williamsburg, it, it it it's exactly how it sounds. It was it, it seems like the perfect place to raise a family. Like there's nothing that goes on there. I went to the two most popular restaurants in Williamsburg, and they were all right. Like, I, I had fun. It was whatever. Uh, but then um, the day of my show in Richmond, uh, so I went to Richmond on Sunday, and uh, the day of my show, my buddy Jesse, my buddy Jesse, Jesse took me out on his boat. We did some fishing. We ended up catching some bonitas. If you look at my Instagram, it's on my Instagram. I caught some bonita. I wish I would have had it videoed, uh, but my producer was busy, so he couldn't come video uh, us fishing, but when I go back to uh, Virginia, I will definitely link up with Jesse, and I will definitely, 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 definitely record that so you guys can see Bass Daddy catching fish in the sea, baby. <laughs> but anyway, uh, did a, had a great show at Richmond, uh, Sandman, Sandman Comedy Club, great comedy club. A lot of people turned out. We sold the whole downstairs out. There was only maybe. 45 seats left upstairs. Great turnout. I appreciate you, Richmond. You guys are very, very interesting. Richmond is a liberal, conservative city. You know, they had the whole fiasco a couple of years ago about tearing down them statues. And, of course, me, a professional antagonist. That was the first thing I brought up on stage. I was like, I'm still mad at y'all for tearing them statues down because I feel like black people need to know, like, this is where they come from. You know what I'm saying? Like, black people are out of control right now. I feel like they, like, if if I was president in the way, <laughs> the way that they are acting in Chicago, I would hang golden nooses around the city just to remind them, like, hey, <laughs> we could go back to this. <laughs> I'm playing, man. Please don't call me Uncle Tom. I'm sick of hearing that. Um... I'm sick of hearing that. You call me what you want, but I mean, come on, man. We need them statues, bro. I'm 
I was raised in Macon, Georgia. I was raised in Macon, Georgia, where they still have a colored waiting area sound at the uh, sign at the train station. And I turned out perfectly fine, I think. My baby mamas might tell you something different. They'd be like, hey, he got problems. <clears throat> but anyway, Richmond was dope. Um, a lot of y'all were chatty in Richmond, and I appreciate that. Uh, I know I had a few fans um, to those four guys that uh, got kicked out of the club for recording. I did tell them that it was fine, you know, if they uh, recorded me, made Instagram videos of me, and I don't think the club got the message. So there were four guys, I think three or four guys, I saw them being kicked out. I was trying to get them back in. I'm so sorry, you guys. Uh, just message me when I'm back in Richmond and... I'll put y'all on the list to get some tickets, man. I'm I'm so sorry about that. And um, I guess I should tell a lot of clubs, like, as long as they're not being, like, obnoxious to where it's like, I'm looking flustered because I don't really get flustered on stage. You can record. You can talk to me. You can light heckle because I'm going to win. Uh, so, yeah, those guys did get kicked out. I felt real bad about that. Uh, then I came back home to Austin. Came back home to Austin, did kill Tony. You're going to love that episode. Duncan Trussell uh, was the guest. It was fun. You know, me and Tony roasted as usual, and I found more ways to call him gay. Um, <laughs> and he found more ways to call me fat. I, I wonder sometimes will we ever run out of ways to call each other fat, and, and I run out of ways to call him gay. And I'm like, bro, every time I think I run out of gay jokes, I come up with new stuff. And it's like, now I need to, I, I don't know, man. Like, I, <laughs> I'm i like, dang, can I call him gay for two more years? How can I do this? I'm, I'm just wondering. I, wanna, I need to find another way uh, to talk about Tony before people get to I don't, I don't, you know what's crazy? Uh, people see me in the streets. And they're like, do not let up on the gay jokes. A lot of people <laughs> love the fact that I have painted Tony as this gay man when he is actually straight. He's very straight. He has a, a beautiful woman. He has a beautiful woman. And uh, I don't think he's gay. If he's gay, he's doing a good job at hiding it because I'm with this guy all the time. And he's never hit on me. I'm not saying I'm a gay guy's choice. But, hey, man, I feel like if you were a gay guy, you want to hit on me because... I got titties, and well, you don't want titties, so maybe, yeah, you wouldn't hit on me. You're right. Uh, but yeah, this week, Kill Tony, gonna be fun. You guys are gonna see it. Uh, of course, we, on Kill Tony, we did uh, a million views on the last two episodes, I believe, man. That, it seems like moving to Austin was the right decision for everyone. We are uh, making Austin uh, a mecca of comedy. Uh, it's about to be like the new New York, the new L.A., man. Um, I mean, because we're right near Houston, and, you know, Houston is an international airport. That's the only thing that Austin uh, kind of lacks is having that international hub. <clears throat> but if Austin had an international hub, without a doubt, people would be here by the millions, just like in L.A. That's that's the thing about L.A., and that's why L.A. is such a good place to do entertainment because it's like per day, you have like hundreds of thousands of visitors and tourists coming in. 
And it's like we don't have that in Austin yet. We probably have thousands, maybe, you know, 10,000 people that are visiting, coming in because we're not an international hub. Because, I mean, if you're flying from Japan and going to New York, you might just be like, oh, I'll do a layover in L.A., stay there for a couple of days, and then go to New York. Austin to get there soon. I mean, you know, people tend to drive and, and you know, uh, go out of their way to visit or do some things uh, that they enjoy. Like last night when I was leaving Kill Tony, I ran into a couple. They were like, hey, man, his wife or girlfriend, whatever she was to him, she drew some artwork of me and gave it to me. And they were like, bro, we drove all the way from Washington to see you. I don't know if it was Washington, D.C. or Washington State, but stuff like that is touching. And it shows you that the length that humans will go to uh, to see something live that they value or appreciate. Like they watch it every week on TV, but they actually want to see it live. They want to feel the energy and and stuff like that is so valuable. When somebody and this was a cute couple, man. They were an older white couple. I'd probably say, well, not older. You know, what is it? Middle aged. I'd say late forties, early fifties. <clears throat> and uh, they were just so cute. They were cuddled up outside, smoking cigarettes, and they were like, "David Lucas, we drove all the way from Washington to see you." I was like, thank you, man. Thank you, thank you. I'm about to get in the car, and, and the lady's like, here, I got some artwork for you. And I'm like, oh, you're so sweet. Like, you guys don't understand. Like, I roast a lot, but I have a, a very soft heart. I, I really love people, man, and I love the interaction with people, man. And that's why even during COVID, I was able to come out on top because I continued to go on the road when a lot of people would not go on the road. So a lot of headliners that I was working with, I'd be like, you're not going to do that tour date? I'll go do it for a fraction of the money. And people would come see me, and they'd be like, man, I needed this. Because people were losing their minds, including me. I was losing my mind during COVID. Comedy kept me sane. And the moment I was able to get on stage, I would have did it for $100. That's how bad I wanted to do comedy. And people really appreciated it. They really loved it, and I appreciated them for coming out during a pandemic. I appreciate it. I hope we never have a pandemic. At least we we need at least, I'd say we need at least a minimum of 50 years to recover from this pandemic. Like, when I'm an old man, we can have another pandemic I won't care. And I'll be like, oh, I remember COVID because people are still wearing their masks. There was a lady at my show this weekend with a mask around her neck. And it's the craziest shit. Even in my Uber to the airport from my hotel in Richmond, he was like, you got to wear a mask to get in this Uber. And if I was not running slightly late, I would have canceled that Uber. Like, dude, I'm not wearing a mask. What do you mean a mask? It's insane to me. And and it was so crazy because I feel like I have a fan base of hardworking middle America citizens. These are the people that they go to work, they work real hard, they have kids, uh, they have spouses, and uh, these are the people who appreciate truth they appreciate comedy and i feel like my fan base they get it 
there might be a few outliers that you know were terrified of COVID, but for for most of the people that watch me because of the platform that I came from and what it falls under, so you know it's like the Joe Rogan umbrella, and then you got Kill Tony, and then you got all of us that spawn that uh that came branched off of Kill Tony, and it's like it started up at the top with Rogan, and we already know his insight and his perspective on COVID. So it's like, as it trickles down, those Rogan fans, they're now Kill Tony fans. Those Kill Tony fans are now David Lucas fans. Some of the Rogan fans and some of the Kill Tony fans are simultaneously David Lucas fans and other people's fans. So it's like, I know the type of people that watch my stuff. I know the type of people that appreciate my comedy. They were at my show. They were sitting front row at my show. It's the trucker hats and the sunglasses on the hats. Those are the the most relatable people to me because of how I grew up in the South. I grew up basically a black redneck. I hunted deer, I fished, and I rode four-wheelers and dirt bikes. And I got dirty. And I drank turpentine, and my grandma made us eat Vicks. Like, I grew up extremely country. Castor oil. I ate raccoon growing up. I ate possum growing up. I ate snake. I ate alligator. We used to legit fish to eat. That's how I fell in love with fishing because me and my granddad would go fishing every weekend. Did we need it? Maybe. I don't know. I grew up with my grandparents. Like I when you're when you're young, you don't when you're young, you don't know what poor or middle class or lower class looks like. You just know that you're a kid and if my granddaddy was using me to feed everybody cuz he had eight kids, I wouldn't have known cuz I had fun fishing. <laughs> But yeah, I was just rambling and ranting. But uh, yeah, the mask, bro that 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 took me back. It, it it legit took me back when a lady came to my show and she had a mask on. I said, "Ma'am, there is no way possible you are a fan of mine. You somebody else brought you." And she said, "Yes, this lady brought me." And I was like, "I knew it. I I felt it because I just." Like, diehard comedy fans do shrooms, DMT, probably have dabbled in Coke and other things, and they don't care about COVID. My boy Dave Hurt. My boy Dave Hurt, man. He uh, He's uh, one of the guys who sends me uh, fitness plans and, and uh, dietary um, ideas. And when he got COVID, like, it was... I watched his story of getting COVID on Instagram. Uh, he posted on Instagram. And he was kind of like, in a way, happy he got COVID because he just wanted to show people, like, hey, this is what happens when you treat your body right. And I was like, damn. Hard neck. Hard, hard, hard citizens. Just at the end of the day, th- th- these are people who even though they may suffer from anxiety and depression and, and any other mental ailment, they don't have the luxury of allowing that to stop them. You know, like a lot of people who make a lot of money, they're like, oh, like uh, my mental health, I need to take some mental health days. And it's like for a lot of people who are in the middle class of America, can't afford 
a mental health day, can't afford a mental health week. So they have to push through it. The, the, the cure for anxiety is hard work. That's what they say. Like when I have anxiety, I have to push through it. I hate being on, I don't hate being on planes, but the initial getting on a plane gives me a lot of anxiety. Like I feel claustrophobic. I feel trapped in. I feel like there's no escape. But guess what? Either I'm going to get on that plane to go do that show or, or, or my daughters and me can't eat. Or I could just go get a job uh, working wherever. So it's like at the end of the day, I have to push through it. I have to conquer that. And I know some people's anxiety and depression can be very debilitating. And I'm not saying and I'm not saying that I don't I don't, you know, get bogged down by it. You know, depression can be debilitating and and and, and sometimes there's there's not a way to get out. But what I have noticed is now that I'm taking health more serious, being more active, getting more sunshine and eating better, it doesn't seem to like whereas where whereas if I used to be, you know, depressed for a, a two day span, now it, it may just go for an hour and then I'll just go to the gym, get on the treadmill for twenty minutes, and it's like, damn. That that killed all that depression. And it's like you learn to fight it in other ways. Cause I used to, you know, like a lot of people, you know, try to drown it out with alcohol or some type of substance. Like I still vape. I love my vape. I I'ma have my own line of vapes one day. I am vape daddy. <clears throat> Y'all gonna buy the David Lucas vape when it come out? I'ma have good flavors like chicken and waffles and and biscuits and gravy and buttered biscuit and spicy chicken. I'm going to have good flavors. I want y'all to buy the David Lucas vapes when they come out, bro. Y'all 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 got to do that. Y'all please support uh the David Lucas vapes when they come out. That's all I got to say, man. Just make sure you grab one of my vapes. I'll be releasing them soon and I I think I'm going to release a chapstick line up. A male lip moisturizer for all the masculine men who want their their parts for their ladies kept moisturized and soft, but I'm still make you feel manly. Like we might have, you know, deer piece smelling chapstick. You you just never know, bro. Like I might have something like that for all for all of y'all out there. Uh yeah, man, but what's going on in the week? Uh so a high school is actually and of course it's Canada, but I mean this this doesn't seem too far-fetched from happening in America. I, if you pay attention to social media, y'all have seen this. Uh, so a Canadian high school defends transgender teacher who wore enormous prosthetic breasts underneath tight T-shirt to class. Sounds like a joke to me. It it, it legit sounds like a joke. It It, it sounds like... I don't know. Let's read the article and then we'll figure it out. Uh, a Canadian high school teacher has sparked controversy after pictures emerged of her wearing large breast prosthetics while teaching students. Uh, the crazy part is when a natural teacher has tight or revealing clothes, um, they try to make it an issue, but yet we have a transgender teacher in Canada with prosthetic breasts that are abnormally large, it seems to be, and they're backing it. That's crazy to me. 
Uh, Kayla Lemieux, I hope that's how you say that name, a manufacturing technology teacher at Oakville Trafalgar High School in Ontario, has been pictured online taking classes while wearing the huge prosthetics, which stretch her clothing and stick out prominently. Mrs. Lemieux, or Miss Lemieux, who began transitioning uh, from being male to a female a year ago, has gone viral online after her students took photos and videos of the teacher seemingly without her knowledge. Um, that's what kids do. All kids have cell phones. Now, my daughter is seven, and she has a cell phone. Kids take pictures. Kids take videos, especially when they see something that's out of the norm. You, If they knew you as a man last year and then this year you come in with prosthetic boobs, you don't think they're going to TikTok your ass? If you don't want to be on photo or video around kids, do not do stupid stuff because that's all these kids know how to do is Instagram and TikTok. You will be viral messing with kids. And it seems like you got the attention you wanted. You wore, you wore prosthetic boobs to school. As a transitioning person, what did you expect? Did you expect everybody not to be like, oh, well, something's different? <laughs> like, In response, the high school has doubled down and defended their employee, writing to parents and explaining why they support Mrs. Uh, Ms. Lemieux's gender expression. Uh, I would really like to see that e uh, email. I, oh, we might have it right here. Hold on, let's see. Uh, the school is said to be expecting protests when it opens on Monday since the photos went viral. Uh, in a statement to parents, the school said, as a school within the Halton District School Board, Oakville Trafalgar High School recognizes the rights of students, staff, parents, guardians, and community members to, uh, e to uh, equal treatment without discrimination based upon gender identity and gender expression. We strive to promote a positive learning environment in schools consistent with the values of the HDSB and to ensure a safe and inclusive environment for all students, staff, and the community, regardless of race, ability, regardless of race, age, ability, sex, gender identity, gender expression, sexual orientation, ethnicity, religion, cultural observance, uh, socioeconomic circumstances, or body type size. Like, all right, here, here's a picture of these huge, th these are huge. Like, th these... These are <laughs> ab these are abnormally big. V like with the same would you get the same response out of the school if uh, a girl transitioned to a man decided to wear a huge fake penis? If they just had a huge strap on that bulged through the pants and and poked out and you could see the head of the, in the shaft, would we have the same type of backing? And these boobs make it look like there's no bra with these fake titties. It's <laughs> Andy NGO. I don't even know how you say that. Viral images of a trans teacher. This is from Twitter. Uh, wearing oversized breasts that sag to the waist have been investigated. <laughs> That's crazy. You got to investigate the fake titties. <laughs> they said it's been investigated. <laughs> They've been investigating the fake titties. The tech teacher is Kayla Mew of Oakville Trafalgar High School in Ontario, Canada. The school stands by his teacher. It's so crazy. This teacher works in shop with these big old gigantic fake boobs working with saws, tools, 
all type of stuff and not worried about cutting them. I mean, you won't feel it. So if you cut them or get them trapped in a machine, it, it won't even matter. So I, I, I get it. Uh, <laughs> it. This is so, they actually have video of a young version of Mrs. Doubtfire. That's exactly what this fool looked like. Fucking 20-year-old, 30-year-old Mrs. Doubtfire. <laughs> it's sometimes funny to me. And I'm a comedian. I laugh at everything. So uh, a lot of a lot of stuff in, in the world is funny, uh, especially uh, DeSantos, the governor down in Florida. He is a boss. He's a boss, man. He... What did he take two private jets or two private planes and and flew like uh, what was it, a certain amount of people fifty fifty immigrants up to uh, Martha's Vineyard that that I I wish I could have been there to see the look on these upper echelon people as these migrants came to their little island. Let's read this article. Uh, Martha's Vineyard slammed after migrants removed in under forty eight hours. They said it's someone else's problem now. Martha's Vineyard was slammed late this week after videos emerged showing the 50 illegal immigrants being removed from the island after they were flown by their governor, Ron DeSantos. I wondered, I mean, dang, these people were, they were flown private. That, that's, and then you went to Martha's. That's not bad. That's, 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 that's not that bad. You get flown private to Martha's Vineyard. Man. The move by DeSantis ignited what turned into this week's top national news story as Democrats falsely accused the governor of potentially having engaged in kidnapping and human trafficking. Wow, really? That's 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 the picture they really want to paint? That's crazy. The illegal immigrants boarded two buses and headed off to Joint Base Cape Cod where they will be greeted by 125 National Guards who were activated to assist. Uh, there's a lot of videos on Twitter, a um, lot of videos on Twitter when they showed the buses coming in, bringing those people. Uh, Donald Trump Jr. responded, it took less than 24 hours for the libs to kick these illegal immigrants out of Martha's Vineyard, but Biden won't lift a finger to deport the thousands of illegals pouring through the southern border daily out of the country. New York Times uh, columnist Ross Duthat said that the point of sending the illegal immigrants to March's Vineyard was to provoke a huge mobilization from the National Guard to imply a contrast with a liberal White House failing to help border communities dealing with a far larger influx. Exactly. Like, I get it. People want to come into the country, like the, the best country in the world. Obviously, we're... People risk life and limb to get here. We'll float on anything to get... that. That just shows you... No matter what they try to say about America, no matter what they try to say about our problems or what we have going on, compared to the rest of the world, it's a great place. Or people, nobody floats on tires to get to any other country. They do it to get to America because it's the greatest place in the world. The uh, Santa's really exposed these hypocrites, popular YouTuber Tim Poole commented. I thought Martha's Vineyard was a sanctuary city. A sanctuary city, Senator Ted Cruz mocked. I thought they declared themselves a haven for illegal immigrants. Just fifty arrive, and the socialist billionaires send them away to a military base, no less than just twenty-four hours. 
Eric Schmidt, who is Missouri's Republican nominee for U.S. Senate, wrote something, something in this house, we believe, something, something, Ukraine flag. In the end, the leftist liberal elite anthem is a word salad of virtue signaling defined by next-level hypocrisy, he added. Unfreaking believable attorney A.J. Delgado tweeted, are all the virtual signaling posts about how we took them in, we stepped up and came together to help going to be removed now? The wealthy elites on the vineyard couldn't stand to have the undesirables there for more than two days, so they shipped them off to a military base. Former Trump official Monica Crowley wrote on Twitter, someone else's problem now, back to the Chardonnay. Fighter John Fitch responded, Martha's Vineyard might be the most racist place in America. They called the National Guard over 50 non-white people. Gross. New York Times women's work writer Megan K. Stack wrote, whatever the surrounding circumstances, calling the National Guard for 50 people really does look terrible. It's also awful to see people march past the cameras. The whole stunt is dehumanizing and humiliating. And I'm right with them. I, what, what is the National Guard for? Why was the National Guard called? Sometimes people write checks they ask can't cash. You can't refer to your area as a safe haven. And then when only 50 show up, not thousands, like border cities like Texas, California, places like that, where thousands upon thousands come in in Florida, you get 50 and you lose your shit. Your wine glasses have now cracked. <laughs> right your wine glasses have now cracked it's it's kind of insane if you ask me I, I i think it's very insane that these people they 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 want to help as long as they don't have to physically help as long as it doesn't as long as it doesn't mess with them they'll they'll help from afar they help behind a glass wall. That That's pretty much it. There's no real help. There's no hands-on help. Saying that I'll help is the help. We help. That's all the help you're going to get from them. A Facebook post, an Instagram post, a Twitter post is all the help that they want. It's just like in L.A., man. I got into it with so many people uh, when, you know, a little bit after COVID started, maybe a year in, uh, they were trying to clean up a lot of the parks that homeless people had took over and, you know, a lot of these leftist liberal people uh, were like, um, how can you kick them out? They don't have a place to stay. And it's like people take their kids to these parks. Y'all want the homeless problem fixed so bad? Open your house. Invite them to your front yard. Let them stay in your garage. Let them sleep on your back porch and see if you still feel the same way. But they're not. They're only going to complain, go protest. They don't try to help these people. They don't try to give them clean clothes. They don't try to give them showers. They don't feed them. They don't go mentor them. They don't go talk to them to see why they're homeless. It could be because they choose to be homeless. What what better place to be homeless than L.A. where you have good weather 98% of the time? Maybe they just want to be homeless. Maybe they just want to do drugs and, and, and panhandle, and that's the life they want to live. But no, if I pay for a certain type of living, and it's not that I think that I'm any better than anybody, but I don't want to come out of my door and trip over a homeless person. I don't want to take my kids to the park and have to deal with drug-using homeless people. Is that wrong? I don't want to smell pee. 
I used to live downtown LA, man. You come outside and the pee hit you in the face like a Mike Tyson punch. It's strong. And people don't want that. And that's why when I had kids, I moved out of downtown LA. I had to. It was mandatory. The Queen's death has been the major news topic uh, for quite some time since she, you know, died. And uh, everything on the news is about the Queen and the royal family. And they even made an article about her having a spider on her coffin. And, uh, or her casket, excuse me. And um, Don Lemon, who, I, you know, some people are need, not even worthy of being spoken about, uh, said that the royal family needs to rake over some reparations. Now let's, let's watch this video. And then you have the, those who are asking uh, for reparations for colonialism, and they're wondering, you know, $100 billion, $24 billion here and there, $500 million there. Some people want to be paid back, and, uh, and members of the public are wondering, why are we suffering when you are, you know, you have all of this vast wealth? Those are legitimate concerns. Well, I think you're right about reparations in terms of if people want it, though, what they need to do is you always need to go back to the beginning of a supply chain. Where was the beginning of the supply chain? Oh, she hit Don Lemon hard. She said you have to go back to the beginning of the supply chain, and that is in Africa. I got a, I got a news flash for black people. Reparations ain't coming, so you got to go out there and get it. I can't sit around and be a, a lazy POS and be like, man, as soon as I get my reparations, I'm going to be a better human. No, you're not. If if black people got reparations right now, if, if just say if every black person without a doubt that could prove that their bloodline directly descends from slaves was given $250,000, most would be broke in six months because they don't have money managing skills and they just don't know how to make their money make money. It'll go right back into corporate business because they buy cars and houses that they can't afford and then they'd be broke. And they'd be like, we need another reparation check, man. It ain't fair. Uh, you know, all those words they, that, that, that people who are lazy like to use is, is just sickening sometimes to me because it's like, come on, man. We still blaming white people for our problems. That's, that's kind of lazy. That was in Africa. And when across the entire world, when the slavery was taking place, which was the first nation in the world that abolished sla uh, slavery? The first nation in the world to abolish it. It was started by William Wilberforce was the British. In, in Great Britain, they abolished slavery. 2,000 naval men died on the high seas trying to stop slavery. Why? Because the African kings were rounding up their own people. They had them on cages waiting in the beaches. No one was running into Africa to get them. And I think you're totally right. If reparations need to be paid, we need to go right back to the beginning of that supply chain and say, who was rounding up their own people and having them handcuffed in cages? Absolutely. That's where they should start. And maybe, I don't know, the descendants of those families where they died at the, in the high seas trying to stop the slavery, that those families should receive something too, I think, at the same time. Who was rounding up their own people and having them handcuffed and in cages? And a lot of people don't want to hear that. Like she said, 2,000 naval men died on the high seas trying to stop slavery. 
If reparations need to be paid, we need to go right back to the beginning of that supply chain and say, who was rounding up their own people and having them handcuffed in cages? Uh, so it says this exchange comes just days after CNN announced Lemon will relinquish his solo primetime show, Don Lemon Tonight, to help helm the network's struggling morning news show. Uh, many media observers called the move a demotion. A demotion. <laughs> Lemon said, I was not demoted. <laughs> I mean, we know CNN is struggling, constantly negative news. It's, it's struggling, man. They, they, they 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 talk about nothing but negativity. So what do we expect? Stop, black people, stop looking for reparations. Go out there and get it. I don't think there's a black person alive who can say that a white person stopped them from achieving anything. I I could easily use that as an I could easily use that as an excuse, but it'd just be BS. I could sit around and be a sorry human being. And say, man, I would have, I would have, man, I would have been successful if it weren't for the white man. Man, he been holding me back. Cut that shit out. It's an old narrative. I'm tired of hearing it, and most people are tired of hearing it. Go, go work. Just, just work. We all gotta work, man. All right, so we're gonna get into some dear Davids right now. All right, so the first dear David comes from Ethicus W. Uh, I'm a 35-year-old man, and I have had chronic depression and anxiety for my entire adult life as a result of having a single alcoholic mother raise me and not learning any useful life skills or how to have a healthy relationship as a child. I've been taking meds that help a little, and I've had years of therapy to try to learn these things, but I still have serious problems. I was only able to attract party girls, and now that I'm not attracted to these types, I tried to improve myself to attract the type of girls that would be worth putting the effort in to have a relationship with. I just got a wedding certificate, and I'm looking for, oh, I just got a welding certificate, and I'm looking for a job there with little luck so far, but I haven't been on a date or even slept with anyone for about a decade, and I'm a decent-looking guy with a good sense of humor, but after I've I had to stop drinking and doing drugs. I just don't know how to meet people. I don't even have any friends in this city, and my depression just makes me want to stay home. I'm curious to know what you think I could do to get out and meet people. Uh, possibly move cities, man. Um, drink non-alcoholic drinks. When you go out, go to the bar. Just get a cranberry and Sprite. Uh, join a gym. Join some groups. Go to the park. Find something that you in. You do enjoy doing and do that and you'll meet somebody. I don't know. Uh, did I read? Did he try internet dating? Uh, try internet dating, bro. Try to find a girl who who maybe has the same background as you where she came from an, a, an abusive house and y'all can actually, you know, talk to each other and that can be a form of therapy. Um, just put it out there, you know, just seek it, get a lot of sunlight. You know, uh, try fishing, man. Fishing is... Great yoga slash meditation for the mind. Maybe try yoga. Maybe try meditation. There's there's numerous things you can do. And, and trust me, I've been on anxiety and depression meds, and they suck. Uh, so I definitely don't want you to stop taking your meds, especially if they're helping. But just get out there, man. It's, it's, it's easier than you think. You just have to put the first foot forward, and the others will follow, bro. I, I think you got this. You're you're you're. It sound like a dope human being. 
uh, don't let anxiety and depression kick your ass. You are better than that. Uh, watch a lot of self-help stuff, man. Just, you know, feel feel better about yourself. Get out there. Get sunlight. Just go on walks. Hit the gym. You will find someone, dude. Trust me. There are so many women out here. Uh, you didn't put what city you live in. It could be your city. It could be your surroundings. You're like, I always like to say this thing, uh, availability to proximity. Like, when some, you know, people end up with something, you're like, oh, my God, why do they end up with that? And it's the availability in that area and the proximity of where they live. They they can't do any better. So maybe you should try a big city. Don't be scared, bro. Welding sounds like a good job. Maybe you need to move to a beach city where there's a lot of ships that need a lot of welding. I think, bro, just somewhere where there's a lot of sun. Somewhere where there's a lot of sun, California, Florida, somewhere we can get a lot of sunlight, a lot of vitamin D, and you can just walk out and girls fall in your lap. It's it's kind of insane, bro. All right, man. Well, stay up. I like to hear a part two to this. Uh, once you try, all, once you try some of those things, um, motivational videos, bro. Fall asleep to those. You know, Eric Thomas. You know, other. You know, listen to a lot of Rogan, man. Listen to a lot of alpha males, and and it'll motivate you to do better. In my opinion, try it, bro. I I want to follow up to this, man. Let me know how you feeling like a month. Uh, I really like to see how's it going. If you meet somebody, ten years—that's a long time, bro. I know you're going crazy if you ain't smashed nothing in ten years, dog. All right, man. Let me know, bro. Stay up, dude. We have another Dear David. This is from Samantha, 23, in New Jersey. Dear David, my parents are paying for me to go to college, and I'm out here popping my P, U-S-S-Y, <laughs> all over town instead of going to school. I told my parents I have all A's and B's in class, but the truth is I'm going to probably drop out and follow my dream of doing hair. How do I break the news to my parents that school just isn't for me? Definitely don't tell them about you popping your pussy. Do not do that. Don't don't tell them that at all. Just say, hey, um, I gave it a shot. You guys wanted me to go to college, but college is not for me. This generation especially. We're not our parent generation. We figured out you don't have to go to college to be wealthy. You don't have to go to college to be successful. So I don't see any problem with you honestly sitting down with your parents like, hey, I'm going to save you some money, and I'm going to save me some money. College is not for me. What I would like you to do is maybe invest in my own hair salon. If you can help me with that, I'll be forever grateful. Man, follow your dreams. You're young, 23. Follow those dreams. Don't become mid-30s and be like, I wish I would have. Because then you'll just be disgusted with yourself and with your parents, you don't want to be 35 and have a degree where you're paying student loans from something you didn't even want to do. You're going to be miserable. It's why a lot of successful, educated people kill themselves because they're living a lie. They're not doing what they really want to do. They're following somebody else's dream. And don't let your parents live through you. A lot of parents try to do it, man. They, they were not able to do certain things in life, so they try to live through their kids. Don't allow them to do that. Follow your dreams. Do that shit. Do we have another one? All right, we have one more, dear David. Let's see. All right, so David, I'm Jamal, 33, in Atlanta. Dear David, I voted for Joe Biden after seeing so much negative shit about Trump. 
I fell into the way of thinking that Trump was bad and Joe was the only option. Plus, he was VP for Obama. Now I realize that Big Don was the fucking man, and I wish I didn't vote for Sleepy Joe. My question is, all my friends and family are huge Democrats. How do I stay true to myself without losing all my friends and family for supporting Trump? If you lose a family member or a friend because of who you support politically, were they your friends to begin with? We don't choose our family, but we do choose our friends. And if somebody leaves because of your political affiliation, you didn't need them in your life anyway because they were going to leave when something gets hard anyway. If, you, if you're a party supplier, they were going to leave when you can't supply them with stuff to party no more. It happens all the time. And as far as family go, don't worry about them, bro, because you, at the end of the day, have to live with your decisions. You are the one who has to live with your decisions and don't let anybody else manipulate you into any other way of thinking or doing something because they feel that's what's right. If you stand on what you stand on, stand on it. Support him. Openly support him, especially now. Maybe back when he was, you know, running for re-election in 2020, it was, you know, it was very, very you know, it was crazy during those times, bro. People were bored. They were stuck in the house. So it was like if you had a Trump shirt on, they were losing their mind. Or if you had a Trump hat on, they were losing their minds. But guess what, bro? You're an adult. If you decide if you decide to break the law, are any of those people going to, you know, take take that jail time for you? Anything in life is based on your decisions, and you have to live with the consequences. So don't let anybody else influence you to do something that you don't want to do. Period, point blank. That's how I feel about it. Stand on it. Own it. Support him. Support who you want. Even if it's not Trump, support who you want. All right? That's all I got to say, man. Uh, thank you all for writing in to Dear David. Don't forget, every week I will be, writing, I will be reading these live on air uh, at uh, book, well, book David Lucas. B-O-O-K, David Lucas at gmail.com. Um, make sure you get your questions. And let me know, like, where you're at. I want, you know, name, age, location. Let me know where you're at. Uh, I definitely want to know, and I definitely want to hear your problems. And, and I'll give my advice to the best of my ability. Uh, but thank you all for tuning in to another episode of Fake News. This is your boy, David Lucas. I'll see you all next week, bro.